0: Quiet your. Mind. Welcome to Dawn of Mantis. This is a mini Mantis, episode seventeen, and in honor of the seventeen. I found a little thing about 17, the number 17. The album, which I know you guys will love, or loved, Chicago 17. That was a fantastic album. I didn't even realize how fantastic it was until I researched it a little bit. Uh, 14th studio album by the American Band Chicago, obviously. Uh, May 14th, 1984 is when that thing came out, and uh, Full Moon slash Warner Brothers. The tracks, Stay the Night on side one. Hard Habit to Break, which my friends and I used to sing Hard Rabbit to Bake. <laughs> Did you ever do that? when We were kind of like Weird Al. Yeah, we, we would make up our own yeah. versions. B-side, Along Comes a Woman, You're the Inspiration. Ooh. Yeah. That's power. the one. A lot of power in those ballads right there.
1: Every high school dance since. Oh, yeah. You're the
0: inspiration. Sure. Yeah. Um, fantastic band, and I, I know you guys
1: agree. Mm-hmm. Trying to pull your girl in close, your that's thirteen right. year old girl. You are thirteen as well. Let's clarify that. Yeah, yeah it's very good, very good. And then the teacher comes up and says, "I need to see space between yeah. you."
0: <laughs> you know, that sounds like that sounds like that happened to you. It did. Yeah,
1: do yeah. you were the inspiration? That's the, I was. That's pretty. <laughs> no, she was.
0: She was <laughs> your inspiration. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hide my boner. No, not really. <laughs> That took a way different turn.
2: But
0: anyway, great album. Whatever it makes you feel, um that's that's your thing and and that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. How's everyone today? Fantastic. Great, man.
2: Excellent.
1: I'm commando today. <laughs> commando? Are you going to tell that story?
2: That feels like an overshare.
1: Yeah.
0: No big deal. I love that. Oh, that's a new favorite quote of Sam's. <laughs> that feels
1: like an overshare.
0: <laughs> i love it i think that's a great quote hey man
1: i'm a working man I'm, I'm a working man gets sweaty okay and uh you know i come here straight from work oh. and i uh, bring a change of clothes but i but i didn't bring a change of underwear i thought uh, surely okay. i won't get that sweaty but i i did yeah yeah so i'm just like what do i do joe's just
0: <laughs> you just <laughs> he's just an honest guy and i appreciate you you feel like this is a safe enough space where you could throw that out. It's just the three of us, right? Yeah, yeah sure. So yeah,
1: I mean, two of us have underwear on. <laughs> Imagine putting on a pair of fresh, clean, dry jeans over a pair of That's damp, true. cold, sweaty underwear.
0: There could be a mildew issue.
1: Not yes, cool. Yes, I might
0: bacteria.
1: Be, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's where
1: jock itch comes from, buddy. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not down for that. No, I'm not. Not down with the jock itch.
1: It's all good. What are we talking about tonight, Ivan? Uh, You tell me. We're going to talk about one of the most crazy things to ever happen in the aviation industry.
0: All right. I'm ready. I love aviation stuff.
1: British Airways Flight 5390. What if I told you that a mechanical malfunction during flight resulted in a total decompression that sucked the pilot out of the plane and caused a total loss of flight controls 17,000 feet in the air and 20 minutes from the nearest emergency landing opportunity?
0: Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what I would say. Maybe I would say, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is a crazy story, isn't it?
0: It is. That's maybe what I should have said. Sorry.
1: What makes this tale go from crazy to miraculous, though, is the fact that not one of the crew or 81 passengers died that day, not even the pilot that was sucked out of the plane. Holy crap. I think this is the plot of Lost.
0: Yes, it, <laughs> it is. Plot, season one, episode one. That's right. They all had... A lucky rabbit's foot in their pocket. He used to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. What
1: the hell? (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah, I want to hear this story. This is awesome. Well, Okay, it's a story that surprisingly few people know. Flight 5390 was a trip from Birmingham, England, to the city of Malaga in Spain that occurred on June 10th, 1990. The plane carried 81 passengers and a crew of six, including Tim Lancaster, a 42-year-old experienced pilot with over 11,000 flight hours, and his 39-year-old co-pilot, Alistair Atchison who himself had well over 7,000 flight hours. It was uh, Atchison who completed a routine takeoff at 8.20 in the morning. Malaga sits on the southernmost edge of Spain, and the flight was expected to arrive at their destination in less than three hours. However, although Flight 5390 had experienced a smooth takeoff and had nearly reached cruising altitude, everything would go to shit pretty quickly that day. In pilot's words, not ours. That is pilot speak. Uh, control control tower. Uh, control tower. Uh, things have gone to shit. <laughs> Roger. Uh, could you elaborate? I yes, my name's not Roger, first off. Uh, anyway. We're
0: going Airplane 1984. Yeah. But I love it. I love that you reference that. Don't fly with a guy named Roger. But right. Buddy
1: will tell you that. This <laughs> we'll get to that in episode eight, but anyway. <laughs> After being in the air for less than 15 minutes, the plane had climbed to a little over 17,000 feet towards its desired cruising altitude of 23,000 feet and was passing over the town of Didcot, Oxfordshire. Didcot. At approximately 8.33 a.m., pilot Lancaster and Atchison released their harnesses, and the crew was preparing for the first flight meal service. As air steward Nigel Ogden entered the cockpit, a loud bang occurred as the left windshield portion of the aircraft separated from the airplane
0: Oh no! and fell to the ground. Oh, no.
1: The resulting decompression instantly sucked Tim Lancaster from his seat and out of the window of the plane.
0: Dude, that sucks.
1: The only thing that prevented him from being thrown completely out of the plane was the fact that his knees caught on the flight controls, while his upper body remained outside the plane. Oh, oh. so the the controls that you push forward, right? He hit those, and his his I don't know his shins or something maybe something got hung in there where the rest of his body's out. But does that not instantly pull those controls forward and put
2: you into a no nose would dive? Think.
1: That's what happened.
2: Oh, oh. my goodness. He's kind of like... Wasn't, did you say there was a co-pilot?
1: Yes. Now what's he doing? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> he was playing bubble guppy on his phone. <laughs> yeah, so you're right, Sam. Uh, it is good that, this, that he caught the controls because it saved him from a plunge to certain death. 17, I think thousands. there's like 81 people on
2: that plane that don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. We'll be fine
1: without you. But you won't. <laughs> no. No, you won't. So, yeah, it caused the plane to leave autopilot and accelerate rapidly into a steep nosedive. So you guys hit it right on the head.
0: Uh, Sam did. I didn't didn't guess that. That That's Sam.
1: Well, what's worse, the force of the sudden decompression had sucked the flight deck off its hinges and into the control panel where it blocked the throttle. So that's going full throttle, straight down, and this door is on it where no one can even pull the damn throttle back. Oh, that ain't where you want to be. (laughs) No. Like everything, the worst possible case. Steward Nigel Ogden rushed back to grab Lancaster's uh, legs to prevent him from being sucked the rest of the way out of the plane, while the rest of the crew attempted to secure the cockpit and alert the passengers to brace for a possible emergency landing. In other words, a crash. Yes. What didn't help matters was they the fact know by now, no yeah, I know no shit <laughs> what didn't help matters was the fact that the uh, instant the plane lost pressure, a white fog had formed throughout, making it difficult to see and maneuver. Is that just because you're up so high just there's so much condensate up there or something?
0: yeah, it had to be some and it could be the the fact of the air rushing out so fast that could have caused kind of like how you spray an uh, aerosol can it gets really cold. Mm-hmm. it could have been something kind of like that too. Yeah, where that, all the air leaving did that little that effect sense. right there. I don't know. Yeah. Dang, this is crazy.
1: Yeah. For several terrifying moments, the plane was stuck in a rapid and steep descent due to Lancaster's legs having the controls and throttle jammed forward. While he seemed to be secure for the moment due to Ogden's fierce grip around his legs, from the knees up, Tim Lancaster was completely exposed to the frigid temperatures and horrific wind speeds because the plane was hurling towards Earth at over 400 miles an hour.
2: Yeah, you know, wouldn't his oxygen level be very low? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. But at some
2: point, you know, he's going to hit that altitude where he's like, I can't breathe. Oh, no, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even then, just the wind hitting him oh, yeah. so I was,
0: fast, I was just you know, I bet you, yeah, I know you are, but I, I mean, I bet he couldn't even catch his breath in. Sure. I just, I'm just, i just saying that because I thought about that. Just
1: yeah, even just, going 65 yeah. down the highway, if you stick your head out, it's they like on a motorcycle, yeah, 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 for sure. His shirt instantly ripped off, obviously. And although the wind had his body pinned, what?
2: I was just I was just thinking, boy, that they didn't use a very high uh, thread count or, you know, tensile strength on those threads for that shirt. It almost sounds like an action <laughs> movie. Like, at
0: some point, the hero, if they're buff, their shirt's getting ripped off so you can see their muscles. Uh, of course, I, I'm not saying it's staged, but like you said, it's like, it's funny that it would rip off like it was
1: a stripper shirt or something. <laughs> like the tearaway pants?
0: Yeah, te- yeah, tear away shirt. No, this guy I,
1: this guy was our age and had our, our bodies.
0: Oh, yeah, so yeah. he wasn't showing anything He just else. had
1: a dad body. No, just yeah. a dad body. Man boobs probably gently, not gently, probably violently flapping in the wind. <laughs> I you can, can, can really imagine. paint a picture, my friend. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I, I would think he would just be kind of slammed against that plane, you know. Like, whatever part he was hanging out of. Sure. Or the, you know, the window, so he's just kind of...
1: You're right. He was pinned tightly to the roof of the cockpit, mm-hmm. um, but his head and arms were violently smacking the roof, like they could hear it the whole oh, time. gosh. Just think about it, like if you yeah. hold a shirt out of a window of a car where it's just going like that. That was his body. Oh, my Could you gosh. put
0: cringeworthy in the description <laughs> of this week's episode? That would be a very good word
1: to yeah, describe it. I think, I think you're right. <laughs> Inside the plane was not a whole lot better. As Atchison yelled at the control tower for help, the rushing hurricane of air blasting into the cockpit prevented anyone from understanding him, and the cabin all of the passengers were understandably terrified. What? <laughs> <laughs> just, Uh-oh, Sam's got something. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
2: <laughs> it would
1: just be awful. You're out there like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hey, that that's a great sound effect in my headphones. <laughs> I hope all of you out there joy, enjoyed that because it was very good. I thought it was We're gonna Kids run a foley
2: studio. On
1: <laughs>
0: Sam's gonna start a Foley studio.
1: It's okay because the guy lived. It's okay. Yeah, no, that's why Yeah, I, yeah. You said he did. Right so. out of the gate, I said everybody lived.
0: So we're not even holding back at all. Right, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at first I pictured like The kids at prom rent the limo and they stand up out of the sunroof, but way worse.
1: Yeah. If the limo was going 400 miles an hour.
0: When when you first said that, I was thinking that. I almost said that, but then I was like, wait a second. The speeds are a little
1: bit different. In the cabin, the passengers were understandably terrified and screaming for dear life. Yes. This is when steward John Heward entered the cockpit to see Ogden struggling to keep Lancaster's body in the plane would then strapped himself in one of the seat belts before wrapping his arms around Ogden to keep him from going out of the plane as well. So, so we it was like
0: a barrel of monkeys.
1: Yes, it's just like all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But imagine this, like this Nigel Ogden, part of his head and shoulders outside the plane holding the legs. So he's been whipped in the face with 400 mile an hour winds and cold, right? So he's his grip had weakened, the pilot had slipped a few more inches out of the plane and he's starting to get like frostbite on his face and he can barely, he's like shaking. He can hardly hold the guy anymore. God. So thankfully there's another steward named Simon Rogers. He comes in and he joins uh, John Heward to grab the pilot and uh, Nigel Ogden gets to rest. And they're still on a nosedive. St- all this. this is still in a nosedive. dive. on earth? Like. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. They
2: must be, like, hold, like, holding on to things to get there. you know? Sure.
1: Holding that, themselves back. That's a good point, because we're just talking about then so-and-so. Yes, this whole time, imagine winds like, I'm sure there's papers. You probably can't hear anything. It's just, <laughs> you know, oh it's just everyone's, yeah. everyone's everyone's hair is probably flapping in their clothes, like, where they can hardly hear each other, even if they're screaming. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the scene Man. that we shouldn't forget. Yeah. <laughs> we less forget. <laughs> So really, though, by this time, their goal was not to save the pilot, because due to the terrible conditions outside the plane and the fact that his head and arms had been going against the cockpit for minutes now, um, everybody was pretty sure he was dead. Okay. And they were just like, yeah, he's dead, but the goal was to prevent his body from slipping out the rest of the way. Okay, okay. And possibly going into the engine or hitting a wing or something. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. That was the only. I mean, they were they they were pretty sure he was just a corpse at that point, but they didn't want him going into the to the not for his sake, but their own sake, right? (laughs) Yeah, selfish of them. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what I I don't know what I'd be thinking or doing, so I don't want to criticize too much. But me neither. Everyone's everyone's okay.
1: Everyone's okay. Well, I mean, we can crap on them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now they're okay. Thankfully, the stewards managed to free the door that was blocking the throttle and Atchison was finally able to regain some sort of control over the plane. Hmm. As he leveled out at a lower altitude and slowed the jet down to 170, Lancaster's body slid from the roof over to the side, now flailing outside the side window of the cockpit, which provided the crew with a sight that many have said since then will stick with them for the rest of their lives. Tim Lancaster's bloodied face repeatedly smacking the window from the outside. Now they were watching it go Bum, boom, 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 against the window. Did his eyes open and he go,
2: I'm not dead yet.
1: <laughs> and there's the Monty Python reference. I was wondering, how long are we in this? It's place? weird that you said that, though, because that's the one thing they all said. His eyes were wide open, just like blank thousand yard stare.
2: No wonder they wouldn't forget that image. Yeah.
1: So just imagine his face take a picture of a lot longer. I found a picture of the plane afterwards. And on the side window that we're talking about, blood. All over, and then you you know, where it had been blown back halfway down the plane. Not halfway down, but a good ways down the plane. So just imagine seeing the dude like wide eyed, thousand yard stare, just head smacking the window. Am I am I a prick for saying
0: this? It's like you reach up and you're like shh, you pull down that little <laughs> blood. <blunt. laughs> I cannot handle this right now. <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I mean, it, think of it this way. You're you're not helping him in any way. There's no way, right? I mean, no. people already held him in from flying out. Right. So,
1: And you think he's dead. They're all sure he's dead. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I get it. Just pull that shade. Bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can laugh about it now, all right? Yes. There's a happy I mean, ending. Even the, like the guy didn't die, but it's like the worst experience of his
1: life and many other people on the plane. Yeah. So
0: we're like, well, we can laugh about it. Yeah. No, it's fine. This
1: episode is like a shady massage parlor in a in a dark alley. There's a happy ending, okay? <laughs> so with the plane now slowed down, Atchison and the control tower could finally hear each other, and he was given permission to make an emergency landing at Southampton Airport where they landed approximately at 8.55 a.m. This means that Tim Lancaster had been outside the plane for about 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, yeah, 20 minutes the, the pilot was outside the plane. When it finally came to a stop, Simon Rogers and John Heward were finally able to pull Tim fully back into the cockpit. When they did this, they were elated to see their captain was still alive. Wow. He was rushed to a nearby hospital and... Why'd you guys close the blind on me?
0: <laughs>
1: I saw that. Dick Sorry move. about that. Yeah, but we also saved your life by holding on to your ankles for 20 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We thought you were
2: dead. You're focusing on the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm sure he was concussed. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he was, was in shock,
2: too. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Well, he was rushed to a nearby hospital and actually had no life-threatening wounds, although he did suffer frostbite, bruising, and fractures to his right arm, left thumb, and right wrist. Wow. That's all? That was it. Man, that's, that's a tough guy. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Nigel Ogden, who was partially out of the window for several minutes himself while holding onto the pilot's legs, suffered a dislocated shoulder and frostbite to his face. However, despite the horrific situation, there were no major injuries. Wow.
0: That's off to them
1: an investigation this is this is what it was crazy an investigation into the cause of the incident revealed that the faulty windshield had been installed just 27 hours before the flight yeah it was actually located near the village of Chelsea Oxfordshire and most of the ninety bolts that held it in place were found too I thought the they just didn't give it the glue enough time to dry <laughs> you couldn't let it sit for four hours yeah that's crazy. They were... Uh, this was the deal. It was all about the bolts. Okay. It was discovered that none of the bolts used to secure it, the windshield to the plane were correct. So, the, I like, if I remember correctly, out of the 90, like, 80 of them were too small in diameter, and the other ones were the right diameter but too short. Wow.
0: you just like, ah, we're just going to use what we have laying around. Yeah. They... Well, they work like I work
1: in my shop <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on
1: an arts and crafts project. Well, here's what's scary. You don't even need the notes. The mechanic that had replaced it, the exact bolts or the exact type of bolts, diameter and length and everything, were what had held the previous windshield there too. So it had been done wrong before. But he uh, wow. he looked at those and and assumed, like anybody would, that that must have been correct. So I guess when wow. you replace the windscreen, you replace the bolts too, but he went and found the exact bolts to match the wrong bolts that was already in it. Oh. So
2: Crazy. he got new bolts, but they were wrong. They also. were the wrong ones.
1: Okay. Um, now, he did get in trouble because they said, you know, you should have went to the manual and sure, yep. did what's in there, not what was there. Yeah. Tim Lancaster recovered from his injuries and returned to work in less than five months. He left British Airways in 2003 and flew with EasyJet until he retired uh, 18 years later. Wow. I do know from taking those aviation courses,
0: like safety wire is a big thing. Have you ever seen that before? Uh So it's like most bolts have a hole drilled in them. So what you do is after you put the tap on, you put this, it's like bailing wire Oh, and you have these special pliers where you put the bailing wire through and you pull this thing and it twists it real tight. And then you like, if you have two bolts, you safety wire them to each other. So it, the nut cannot come off. It can't go past that wire Whoa. on either one of
1: them. So they hold each other on. That is cool. Alistair Acheson left British Airways also shortly after the incident, and he was rewarded a Polaris Award in 1992 for his heroism. He then joined Jet 2, I guess, and remained there until he made his last commercial flight on his 65th birthday in 2015. Wow. Atchison was also awarded the Queen's Commendation for Valuable Service in the Air, along with crew members Susan Gibbs and Nigel Ogden. The plane was repaired and returned to service and successfully flew another 11 years before finally being retired to the scrapyard in 2001. Wow. Well, I mean, really, when the planes
0: fault? I mean, use the right stuff.
1: It's, yeah. There's a short documentary on this that uh i found on youtube that's really good cool, cool. and I'll it does you. a really good uh recreation of the whole thing oh wow I'll um look at it. yeah so i think British if,
0: airways flight 5390 yeah if
1: you just put that in it's like one of the top th- three or four videos cool and uh just watch that if you want a real quick uh visual yeah. representation that's cool but uh yeah man that's all i got on that crazy ass story i love it
0: good good one that's a good one
1: are we all good sam are you good Good. All right. Ivan, are you okay? I'm I'm fantastic. Okay, I'm not very comfortable. You know, I still don't have underwear on. I didn't put <laughs> any on. It's very different, especially in your in jeans. And every time you mention it, I'm less comfortable too.
0: <laughs> it's kind of funny how that works. I'm just shifting a lot, man. It's no. just. Ugh. Hey, I, I get it. I I've been
1: in similar situations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're all good, man. Um yeah. Thank you, guys, for listening to episode 17 of the Mini Mantis. Thank you. Good night.